Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Killer Collab podcast. I am being joined with once again with Chris Leto, Reaper Film. What's up? And we're joined by special guests Mace and Zach. Hello. Hey. Guys, doing okay? How yeah, you we're doing? doing great. Did you find the place okay? Um, more or less. <laughs> more or less. I mean, we are in a random warehouse, so it's yeah. kind of kind of scary. A Looking for like a sign. Oh yeah, no sign, no sign, no sign. I want people to know I'm here, unless I tell them where I am, and I don't. Anyway, so Mace, tell me a little about yourself. Tell the audience. Uh, yeah, Mace uh, is kind of the Tampa it girl right now. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Um, I'm 20. I work at Panera, and I'm also a director. And um, I just finished my first feature film. Um, and I had a private screening at the Tampa Theater. And I screened it to everybody who was involved and a few people who weren't involved and um, just got all their feedback and everything, good and bad, so, yeah. It's always bad. Always people got to say bad stuff. Oh, it, yeah. it, it happens. It happens. So, how old are you, Mace? 20. 20 years old. So, I asked my son, who is 18, the other. So, you basically started writing your script at 17, correct? And then you started shooting the movie and it took you, like, two years, right? To um, finish? It took me... Alright, so I started at 17 and I shot a promo um, at the end of the year. And then I turned 18 at the beginning of the next year. Um, and then we started filming the movie. And I finished it like literally three times and then I just reshot the movie again and kept reshooting it until right, I right. liked it. So, um, yeah. So I guess like three and a half years like because I edited the whole thing like, by myself. Mm. Two and a half hours. So it's like it just took a lot of time. Did you teach yourself how to edit, or did uh, someone help you, or? Um, mainly like I learned to edit in a day from a film camp I went to when I was mm-hmm. sixteen. Oh, nice a day. And uh, I just learned to do like clip, like <clears throat> just like little cuts and stuff on like Adobe, and I just was like fascinated with it. So I just self-taught myself mostly yeah. everything in there, and then I just started watching YouTube tutorials, and then Zach's always there to like help me like organize my timeline because mm-hmm. I didn't know what, like nesting oh, yeah. was or anything and I like didn't even make different sequences like I had like everything on one timeline right that's how I edit <laughs> oh I do too that's, that's exactly how I edit I too I, I don't I don't do the whole put piece I, I don't do it that I don't I can't so do it that way, that yeah. way. Like, I, I can't I just do one timeline one so I know how to function my script I have my script and then I have edit that's it just just yeah. I, I, that's how i pretty much piece everything together that's how i do it too because it's it's, it's easiest way for me to just Keep read left and right together yeah like, i don't know like i i don't comprehend yeah. putting different sequences and then putting it all in together and i don't know how to do that yeah. i i i, I mean, started they, yeah i started editing with sony vegas pro oh wow back when i started and i mean that was 2010 and again self-taught just like yourself, um, I just kind of figured out how to do it. And then I got a job where I was doing video for a, a dental company and they did like marketing for dentists and we would fly all over the country doing videos for them and they used Adobe Premiere. So I had to learn that and I literally learned it in a week how to do it. And, um, you know, it, now I just use Adobe Premiere. It's just to what I use now. Fun fact, I started editing before Final Cut Pro even came out. So back in 2002, oh, wow. when I started editing, it was all analog. Yeah, VHS, yeah. like I had to do the actual spinny thing, and then one screen to one screen, blend them together. Like I, I was before computer programs. 
Right. So I've been doing editing for so long. So whenever I find a new program to help me do all that once, oh my God, it's so much easier. I use many different programs, but doing it analog like that takes like weeks, yeah, yeah. weeks. Well, not now I can edit a video. In I don't even know what analog weeks. means. So. Yeah. It's, <laughs> no, I don't really either. I can't well, I mean, well, when we I have first... to load a VHS in the one machine, put another VHS in another machine, and then have one the mixer in the middle. Oh. And then yeah, basically you have to do this. Why? Oh, my God. I mean, better. right when I got, I got into making movies at, in 2010, and that's right when DSLRs started becoming Ooh, popular. Yeah. The Canon T2i was like the... Yeah new coolest camera that made it look like a movie it still looks cool blurs the background and you know made it look cinematic and that's what we started making movies on and actually i used a t3i up until probably like four years ago yeah that's still my backup camera t3i right i I love that camera and um you know so i shoot with a black magic 4k pocket now i just got it and i had a sony a7s2 that i use but then you know jason henny he's got Alexa Mini, Reds, nice. Ari Alexa. He's got all kinds of stuff. Um, I mean, he's got thousands and thousands of dollars. And uh, so when we shoot high-end stuff, you know, we use his stuff. Um, but, you know, what what's intriguing to me is how young you are. And, like, normal – I'm not saying you're abnormal, but you kind of are. Um, you know, a normal person that's – 17 18 years old isn't thinking about making movies they're thinking about oh where am i going to go to college where am i going to get a job what am i going to do for my life and then we have this person that's writing a script that's i haven't seen the movie i've seen the trailer and just heard about it it seems pretty heavy topics um and someone your age writing something like that and putting all these people together that are probably older than you and probably, and I know that when you're young and you have other people that have been in the industry, it's very hard to gain respect. And I don't know how you got the respect, but I mean, it's pretty amazing to me that you are able to put this movie together and finish it because a lot of people don't, a lot of people are like, Oh, I want to make a movie someday. I want to make a movie someday. And they don't ever do anything. Um, yeah, when I was twenty, I was just doing like I was. I was actually hosting a TV show at the time, but I did had no functionality of storyboards. I did did not care. I did not care when I was hosting that TV show. I just had fun and was twenty, twenty one years old. I just did what any other twenty in Atlantic City, that's right. where I grew up. So it's a little bit. It's to have a focus of that, and then you know, keeping a level head in that whole process. That at, at that age, I, I commend and uh, I definitely respect it's that. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, I didn't make my first movie until I was 40 years old. And I just made a movie based on how I felt a movie's made and didn't know any better. And my first movie was fucking terrible. But that was my film school. And I learned what not to do over what to do. And I always, throughout the years, have surrounded myself with people that know way more than I do and learned as much as I can from those people just to make myself better and better and better. And um, so how was it on set with you, you know, again, being younger than pretty much everybody else in the crew and cast and, like, how did you gain their respect? Um, 
I think it took a really long time, too. I don't think I gained anyone's respect until I got Zach's help, like, a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really bad ADHD, and I'm also not, like, socially aware sometimes, mm-hmm. so I kind of just speak my mind, and I think that I came off pretty, I don't know, I wouldn't say, like, egotistical, but I had, like, this vision in my head, and, like, everyone was just going to do it. Right. And um, I think I came off really passive-aggressive, which wasn't my, like, intention. It was that I just wanted everyone to see my vision, but because I wasn't diagnosed at the time, I didn't have any sort of, like, medication to, like, I guess, assemble my thoughts Mm -hmm. and be able to communicate that to my team. And, like, I always say that there's, like, a difference between being a boss and being a leader. Right. And I was just trying to be a boss. And, I mean, but I was in high school, and a lot of people didn't know um, that I was 17, I put on a casting call before I had a script, and that's obviously a big no. And I'm actually doing that right now. Are you? <laughs> um, well, and the girl. And it's been a nightmare. The girl that I cast um, was 15, and I wrote a very mature role right. for that, you know, mm-hmm. um, for Christy. And when she saw my casting call, I made my own headshot. Like I just used my iPhone and I took a picture and I blacked out the background and you know, like, fucked with the lighting and all that, and then I just acted like, oh, well, I've had experience before. I only mm-hmm. had, like, a student film at a festival one time, but, like, right. um, so I kind of, like, feel like I almost, like, scams people in a way accidentally. Um, I got people to, like, fly down and do this promo with me. Um, but that's what a producer, a producer is a salesperson. Like, yeah. I've sold yeah. so many people to be in my movie, work on my movie for literally nothing. Like I had a guy that did high-end, like ten thousand dollar music videos from New- in New York, did Fashion Week, like big stuff, and he moved down here and was trying to get into the film. And here, and I had a DP. We had uh, shot two days, House by Slasher. Uh, we shot two days, and he broke his foot, oh and God. like bad, like it was bad, wow. like he was out for a year. So I needed a new DP because I didn't shoot at the time. I didn't know anything, and. Uh, so this guy, I reached out to him on the Florida Film Network. He had this amazing reel, like in helicopters and all this crazy stuff. And so I met with him at the mall and literally sold my movie to this guy. And he shot the movie for like $300. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've always been good at like selling. You, you got to sell yourself. You got to sell your product. And that's basically what a producer does. To assemble a team, you got to sell these people and make them believe in you and your project. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like you did that. That's right. Um, I think I did a lot of it through emails. And, I mean, I had another, like, assistant at the time that, like, I mean, I've, like, had so many, like, weird, like, drama things happen, like, with my, I'm not even going to act like I didn't, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it happens. It happens. But, like, we had a falling out and everything, and I was just working without an AD for a while. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I had, like, half the cast just decided they didn't want to work on it anymore, and they... Um, some of them like terminated my Facebook group page that I had for everybody. And so like we had to make another one and it was just like, it just didn't look like the film was going to work out. Like originally it was 40 pages. Um, it was about bullying. It had a political stance and I mean, now it doesn't, it's just, it's just bullshit from my head, you know, now, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to, I don't want to take sides politically because I'm not really about that. I'm just about the art. But originally I was wanting to just take the side of like, I don't know, like, what was, like, most popular. Like, at the time, like, my school was experiencing a lot of, like, um, like drills for, like, school shootings and stuff. Right. So I was like, let me make something that, like, kind of has to do with this. 
Um, so I was writing this. I actually wrote this in math class on my phone. Um, but the script changed drastically. Like, it is not even the same story. But when mm -hmm. I first started, like, I wanted to make almost like a PSA, like a bullying PSA. And it was just coming out, like, cringy shit. But, mm -hmm. like, I, like, at the time thought, oh, it's so good, you know? And people are going to cry during this. It's going to be so awesome. But, I mean, now I look back and I'm like, oh, this, this sucks, man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that was, like, my original, like, plan was to just make this whole thing like oh is these kids get bullied and they shoot up a school and i'm like that kind of sounds fucked up like maybe i should like do something a little bit you know but that's real it is like real. that's real life but i don't want it i didn't want anyone to like think that i was glorifying like just making an excuse like right. hey if someone bullies you you should probably shoot them like that's not right, what right. i wanted to say so um, it was just hard to kind of navigate, like, I don't even want to, like, say because, like, I'm a female, but it did make it harder because I did have to, like, kind of weed out who was creepy, who wasn't, mm -hmm. especially since majority of, of men know, are creepy, men. sure. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, they I, are. I'm working with men. Trust actually, me, they are. But, um, this is also that industry where it yeah. has a bad stigma of that situation the in general. Couch. I mean, it's, it's real. There's, I mean, there's, a stig there's a terrible stigma, like. Yeah. Just look at Hollywood now with the the Me Too movement and all that all that uh, Weinstein drama. Like, how, how long have they been doing this? Like, I mean, I know local yeah. filmmakers that I'm not going to mention names, but they literally make movies so they can make Meat Girls. Like, that's no, why they I do know, it. I know, I know. And it's crazy. I'm like, what? Maybe. Like, there's nowhere else you can meet a girl but to make some stupid it's fake movie like and and it's literally like he cast them. And then next thing I know, they're going to dinner. Oh, I'm meeting so and so for dinner to talk about this. I'm like, yeah, okay, uh -huh. that's what you're gonna you talk about. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Well, it's the same reason why people buy or own oh, no, nightclubs too. They do the same thing. Like, oh, let, let buy a round of drinks over here, and then they just start trying to date that person or right. date anybody or dating scene. It's it's just a like I said, but in this industry has that bad stigma attached to it. So there's always going to be that creepiness to it. And that's what's unfortunate to a lot of us artists who try to get, like, good projects out and try to get respect, like, right off the bat. So we have to make as much as we can, like, make as many films as we can or many projects as we can just to get, and meet as many people just so we can get that level of respect. Legitimacy. Yeah. So they recognize us. And that's and that's right. the, the, the toughest thing to get in this industry. And that's, you it know. Was, yeah. Um. And it just progressed into like this, like it was supposed to, we were supposed to only shoot it for like a week. I had like an all male crew, it was just me, like in high school, whatever. Um, and, uh, so this, what started out as a one week like project just spiraled out of control because I had just so much chaos on set. There was so much tension because I could not get my shit together. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about call sheets. I didn't, I called out extras hours before I filmed them. I like, I mean, I just can't even like name every mistake that I've done because it was just so right. bad, but I didn't have any guidance. So basically, and that's funny because like, I've seen, like, I don't remember when we became Facebook friends. I don't know why or how or what. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm friends with a million people. I don't even know half of them. Um, and I started following your post because I was intrigued. I was like, God, this is a young person, like trying to put a feature together. Like making a movie is not easy. And I told you before the show that, you know, we just made two features since June and blah, blah, blah. It's hard. Like, it's not an easy task to make your, to make a feature film, to make even a short film, um, you know, to get all these people together in one place to shoot something. 
to get a crew, to get equipment, to get locations, to get money. Like all of that stuff is really hard. Yeah. And I'm having a, a tough time right now. I'm, I'm trying to put a, a cheerleader movie together and I need a locker room with a shower. Seems like a pretty easy location, oh, right? Man, yeah. Nightmare. Like it is the hardest location I've ever had to get. I've probably got 200 locations in my life and yeah. I can't find it. it, it is, it's incredible. So it's hard. And, yeah. you know, back to my original thought, I was talking to my 18 year old son the other day and I was talking about you and I was like, let me ask you a question. If you had an idea for a movie, do you think you could write a script, put a movie together, get money and like edit it yourself and make it? He's like, hell no. Like, absolutely <laughs> not. There's like, there's no way it doesn't even, that thought doesn't even enter his brain. And he's a movie lover. He's creative. And sure. he, there's like no way. And the fact that you are able to, to complete it is fast. That's why I want to have you on. Cause I, I just think it's a fascinating story. And I think your film is going to be successful, whether it's good or not. Again, I haven't seen it based on your story. People are going to want to watch it. And, um, you know, so that's something that you definitely have going for you is, uh, we have a young, ambitious person that finished something, and yeah. that in alone is is a, a miracle. Every movie you ever see on the screen is a miracle. Every one of them. Um, I don't care how much money they have or who's in it or whatever. It's a miracle to make something. Mm -hmm. So you got through about a year of shooting this, and then so what happened after that? Um, well, since it was only supposed to be a week, I was like, this is impossible because my first AD was telling me um, he like was his own thing also he would shoot features like 45 minute features in like two days like like you guys you know how you do but he had his own way of doing things like he would only do everything in like one shot but he wanted like set design and it was just like not pretty to look at and it wasn't like i don't know this wasn't enough so i like wanted to make this whole production and he was right. like you can't do that like you don't have the resources or the money like you're just you know a kid so i mean we had this whole falling out because he didn't handle things correctly and neither did i mm -hmm. And How much just, money did you have at the I beginning? I had, I think, $1,200 that I got through GoFundMe, and I also sold um, lines to theater kids for money. <laughs> and, um, I didn't know about that. Yeah. You sold what, lines? Lines to, like, to like you know, like high schoolers who want to be in a film. Like I, You sold, you made them pay to be in your movie? Yes. That's absolutely crazy. I went through, crazy. there's this really annoying uh, place called Kids Casting. I'm sure you've gotten emails from Kids them. Kids Casting, yeah. I've and, heard uh, of that like, place. It's like Matt from Kids Casting or David from Kids Casting or whatever, and they, and they always email me, and they steal your... Uh, casting calls and posted on their like weird shady uh -huh. like page and then parents who are basically suckers will pay like hundreds of dollars for the to have their kid movies. be in a movie. So That's so I crazy. got a hold of these parents <laughs> through kids casting and found them on like emails and stuff and I was just like hey like do you want to be in my film? I wasn't like shady about it. How much like, were these people paying? Fifty to a hundred dollars. <laughs> what? So like, I can't um, even get paid that much to be in a movie. <laughs> then I started like just like editing demo reels on the side because right. I had my little laptop and oh, yeah. it, it sucks. It speakers don't work. I hooked it up to my Alexa, and um, I didn't have a mouse. I used a mouse pad and I edited it on a TV tray with like three legs. So it was like super janky. And then like. Um, 
things just stopped working for a while because the film was just a huge mess. I had seven characters originally that were supposed to be like the main characters and the storylines are crazy. And I had like just offensive things in there that I didn't know at the time were like politically incorrect that I should have never written in there in the first place. You should watch that. that. Things I was like, dude, like nobody can see this. Um, so I went back and like kind of just went through it. And then like Zach like hits me up one day yeah, how did I you start, guys meet? I started filming again, and, like, I'm still having this hard time. And, like, I'm just this kid that, like, complains about everything on Facebook. Like, <laughs> oh, I had a shitty day on set. Like, nobody likes me. And that was basically me because right. I'm, like, a, such you're a bitch anytime anybody says anything <laughs> about me, and I still am. But, um, and it was just, like, kind of a lot of rumors going around about me. And it was just, like, I couldn't focus on anything else. And then, like, this guy named Zach Twitty, like, hits me up one day. And he's like, hey, um... Uh, I have a camera. Can I like come on set and help you out one day? And I was it like, sounds so yeah. weird. It does. It way. does sound creepy. Right. Okay, so so <laughs> I have a camera. You want me to shoot for you? So <laughs> I just I just gotten offset. Somehow we became like Facebook friends. I think it was apparently no one knows how they become Facebook friends with Mace Walker. Well, it just happens. It just happens. No, so I, we were supposed <laughs> are we Facebook to, friends? <laughs> we were supposed to work on. I think it was Joe Davison's film. Oh, Beauty and Steve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, I, I had a conflict with, I was doing Music Man with St. Pete Opera at the same time, so I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to be there like every day, and then I was supposed to be booming for that, mm. and then like they just kind of stopped emailing me, and I was like, oh, okay, but I guess she would just like add everyone on the call sheet mm-hmm. onto Facebook, so... That happened, and I'd just gotten off of shooting The Connection with Nick Naylor and Rod Grant mm-hmm. and Laura Stetman, and I was, like, in that, oh, I just did a movie. I want to, like, keep the, the keep inertia going, rolling. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just keep going. Because it it's, like, every two years I would work on a movie. Right. And then that was my first time running second camera for a film. Mm-hmm. And, like, once you're a cam op on a movie, it's yeah. like it's you're like a race car sickness. driver. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> it is weird. And it's like, oh, I just want to shoot more and more. And, like... That's funny, in 2012, 13, 14, I was shooting, mm-hmm. I was DPing so many movies, and then all of a sudden, it just, like, stopped. It was weird. And then, like, there was, like, nothing going on, and then I guess I focused more on directing these mm-hmm. big movies, and, and, I mean, I say big, but big for this area, and um, just kind of got out of it, and then after my movie Seeing Evil... I hated being on set so much on that movie. I quit. I quit for like five years. I didn't oh, wow. make anything for five years. And then Sean had a movie he wanted me to do, wanted me to shoot for him. And I said, all right, man, I'll do it. And <laughs> then I just kind of yeah. slowly got back into it. And now we're making shit like popcorn. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. That's how I met you through that movie. I think. Yeah. Dead through uh, Dead Residence. Right? That, that um, movie was found good. footage. Wow. Yeah. Hard. Like found fo- <laughs> we, were, we made a found footage movie. And like we did, I don't even like found footage movies. He doesn't five, like found footage. That was another movies, five day. But yeah. they're super easy to make. Uh-huh. And I mean, the cast is literally holding their phone, yeah. videoing, and um, it turned out to be like almost like our first movie we ever made. Like we didn't know what we were doing, and we were just kind of like, I, I guess he's got to hold it in front of his face. Like I don't know. <laughs> and we were like, how do we get audio? And like it was so just the next Blair Witch Project. Yeah, it was. You know it was crazy. Yeah. But the movies got. Some issues, mostly technical issues. Um, yeah. You know, there were supposed to be, like, security cameras, and they were a little too dark. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you try to brighten it, it just looks like shit. See, if you had your... Fo- and your- we were going to reshoot it, and we couldn't get back in the house that we had... 
we, we had. I wouldn't want to get back in that house. My lungs yeah, were killing me out there. We found this disgusting house. It was awful. And it was about these people, this couple that buys a new house to rehab, and they're, like, staying in the house. And the realtor that sold them the house is, like, stalking them in their attic and, like, comes out of the attic and does all this weird stuff while they're sleeping and yeah, that's cool. it was creepy like it. Uh, it was fun to make it was definitely technically fun to make. not good but um it, it was okay it was okay <laughs> um it's on uh i think on tubi tv and it's on oh, cool. amazon prime and um you know you can watch it yeah. it's not good but i mean i i think just in parts it just drags yeah Some of the it was scary- funny because we got we got really good review we always send our movies out to get reviewed um, by you know film reviewers, and that movie got a lot of really good reviews. And we're me and Sean are like, dude, I think this is like our worst movie, and all these people like it. Like, yeah. but some people just like that genre of found footage. Yeah. They, they have that niche. I just don't like it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I thought it was okay. I thought it was it was definitely fun to do. Yeah, I had, I had a very small part in that movie. Yeah, I had, he was the pizza, pizza guy. Pizza right? guy. I was the pizza guy. They're pizza weird. Guy. I didn't get killed though. <laughs> found footage is always weird because the thing that bothers me about it is. People are normally filming in found footage when right. you wouldn't be filming. Right. Wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the weird perception. Like, yeah, it's it's like, why are you filming that? Yeah, <laughs> like right. what are you doing? Yeah, that, I think that was the <laughs> hardest part is mm-hmm. creating reasons for them to be filming each other. Right, and um, I think we did okay with that. I mean, they were rehabbing a house and they were <laughs> wanting to video it and show like before and after. And oh, stuff. okay, and, yeah. And then they found um, like a flash drive. In one of the drawers, and they Ooh. plugged it in, and it was like all these people being tortured in the gr- in a garage, and they figured out that's our garage. Like, what the hell <laughs> yeah. is going on? It sounds like sinister. Y'all ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of like that. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, and then we see the guy coming out of the attic and doing all this weird, like sniffing her feet and doing all this weird nice. shit. And then, um, you didn't know who he was until the very end. You it reveals it was a realtor. Or something. And um, yeah, it was it was a weird movie. Um, it was definitely weird to make, but it, I thought it was fun. Sort of sicko minds. Um, yeah, yeah, it was fun to make. And uh, you know, the thing with found footage, you get no name people, so yeah, that's cool. Um, or but, Star Wars, basically yeah. the same thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, so the back to I know mm-hmm. I cut your story off. Um, so you had a camera. Mm-hmm. You met. You know, reached out to her mm-hmm. and. What kind of camera is that, by the way? The Pocket 4K. Oh, I love it. Nice love it. Don't mess up the the, the LCD screen because it takes forever to get back from Blackmagic. Oh yeah, I <laughs> have you heard about that? Like, well, they when you send anything back to Blackmagic, it takes them forever to rehab it until they, you just want to buy another one. Buy a new one. Yeah, exactly. That's what they want you to do. Yeah, I just got one for like a thousand fifty dollars. Yeah. Well, now the the six K Pro. I love uh, that's my next camera I'm getting. Yeah, and it's it's tempting, but then it's like, okay, well, I it's guess got better audio. Have to... Yeah, and then you buy it, and you're like, oh, the eight K Pro is coming out. Oh, well, but it's more one. the it's thing like, that kept never me from getting the six K initially was, oh, I don't want it. Like full frame's great. I I used a 6K for a gig and realized, oh, wow, I could actually do gimbal shots yeah, yeah. on a 50 with the 6K. Yeah. Unlike this. Well, it's got the EF mount. So yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, but I'd also have to, like, get a whole new set of lenses. Right. And I love using old weird stuff. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The vintage lenses? Yeah. yeah that's got the, the best glass, right? The vintage mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got an old um, Nikon 50 that I use. And mm-hmm. I love it. I never use it. I can never find a lens. I can never find a lens that I like the old ones yeah. like that. They're always too scratched or they're always just not in good condition. Like whenever they find them, like it's just not, I've just never lucked yeah. out finding those lenses. Like no matter where I look, I can never find one in good condition. Well, a lot of them, they're 
a set of FD lenses I got from my dad's old bass player from his band. It yeah. was it came with a what was it like the Canon AE one, mm. the old school five yeah, yeah. D of the eighties. Yeah. But I I like to use those for the the FD fifty I found out was like a weirdly sought after vintage lens, and then you just throw an adapter on them and yeah, well they're, you could, they're you, weird. Can't they're, you do that with a six K if you get a just get an adapter? Probably for for those lenses, but for like the smaller C mount lenses and the Micro Four Thirds stuff, it's kind of native to that camera. Yeah, because the the four K is a Micro Four Thirds. Yeah, I, I, that's the only thing I didn't like about it because yeah. I have I have the four K mm. production camera and I have the two point five K cinema camera. EF mounts. Like, I just love EF mounts. I just keep EF yeah, I like the, the first one, the Canon Cinema. Mm-hmm. Blackmagic Cinema. I like that camera. Oh, yeah, the 2.5. I, I didn't like the, the 1080p pocket camera. That was the first camera yeah, I ever got. It was so small. Like, I felt yeah. like I was going to break it everything. Like, it's funny because it's you got called, the lens on it. Like, it's funny because now it's called the Blackmagic Pocket 4K, and mm-hmm. you're like, Whose pocket does this fit into? Yeah. Well, like, remember, in the, like in the 90s, we wore those big baggy pants. Yeah, yeah. those pockets. The, the, the Jenko <laughs> jeans. You put them on Jenko jeans. But it's still, I love that camera. It's great. And what I loved about the original pocket was it was so simple. It didn't have all of like, yeah. 900 Sony menus where yeah, yeah. you have to you have to have, yeah, that was what's great you have, about to have a decoder ring and a map from a serial <laughs> box to change your settings. But I like the settings. You can put those... Um, Put the LUTs in. You can put, yeah. you can program the yeah. LUTs into it. Like mm-hmm. I, I do uh, Ari Alexa LUTs in it. I found on uh, I think I found it on YouTube actually. Uh, one of the makers that just put that LUTs in. It looks just like an Ari Alexa yeah. like video code. Like I love it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a camera that can easily stack up to Alexas. I feel like and at a fraction of the price. Yeah, right? and like regular people, most professional people won't be able to tell the difference unless right. it's like yeah. rated. It's weird. funny because I, I've been shooting with the A7S II mm-hmm. for probably like two, two to three years. And, um, I just bought the black magic pocket 4k and I shot a music video a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. for the first time I used it. And when I got it home and put, put it in, I was like, wow, this is different. Like it's, Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wasn't it's a fan definitely a feeling. I wasn't a fan of the A7S too. Like I just some about it I just didn't like. I mean it's very popular. It was like yeah. I I did I don't like the utilization of the I don't like the menus on the Sony. I just yeah. hate the menus. It's the big hard thing. to configure. Oh, the black on magic is so simple. Yeah, it's like, one screen. All the screens and everything are simple and, um, I will say after looking at the so most of this film was shot by the DP using a A7 III. Yeah, it was a three. It was a three. Yeah. Okay. And I actually liked, well, for this film, I felt like the color that it had out of camera looked a lot better. And I was okay. like, let's. They didn't shoot log? Uh, I think, yeah, some some kind of S log. I yeah. don't know too much about yeah. their codec. Well, it, it's, it's basically like Blackmagic Raw, right? but right. it's in Sony yeah. codec. It's, it, I think it's only a eight or eight or ten bit, I think it is. Well, there's, the there's different versions yeah. of S log. Did you shoot 4K? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Like, oh, those files so must have been big, like yeah. <laughs> handling 4k footage is tough especially if you got a shitty while. machine it was, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Too, like, i went over to color like i got a mac daddy like gaming computer mm-hmm. and it's, it's all about the gpu it's all about the gpu sometimes yeah. it'll it'll lag with, oh, yeah. with like big yeah. giant 4k yeah. files um oh yeah I, def- I definitely always downgrade to like 1080p or 2.5k yeah, to mess with it mm-hmm. yeah but um, anyway, so back to how we ended up getting involved together. Um, 
<laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but anyway, no. back to the industry. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God. I have a camera. <laughs> but so I was just getting off that and really wanted to just keep the momentum, keep making stuff. And I'd seen her shit posting about <laughs> the, the industry. Son of a bitch. And I was like, I don't know, this seems weird. Like, whatever. I'll jump on, maybe shoot for a day. That's what, what kind of sucked me in was all your posts yeah. about this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, it was like intriguing. It. I was like, okay, let's, let's, like, cry see, on Facebook about let's it, see what's what the deal is here and um it was it was a weird first day um <laughs> yeah and then like we like the second day weird was, first day of filming like filming well or, for me because this was like there came on in the middle of this project right. yeah yeah and i was like yeah i'll shoot second camera that's like, why i wanted out, to whatever. like see his it was like all what these, he walked into you know it was a bunch of high schoolers and it was like in that motel that had like the roaches in it yeah oh. it was like a like a hostel i got like this chick I found somewhere, I don't remember, but she owned, like, this motel, and, like, um, we were gonna film, like, one of the boyfriend scenes, mm-hmm. and actually, we threw the DP in there that day, because the guy that was supposed to come play the boyfriend of this girl, who's 15, um, went to, like, fucking Ocala or some shit, so I was like, okay, who's gonna take their shirt off and right. pretend to have just, like, like, you just had sex with this 15-year-old girl, like, <laughs> this is really weird, and then Zach's <laughs> like, yo, I don't know you guys, like, what the fuck, and, like, then, like, my DP, who I swear to you, has said like three words to me for like the whole year that he's shooting with me. Like anything I told him to do, he was like, okay, okay. Like he's so good. Um, he was like, all right, I'll do it. He just like slowly takes his shirt off <laughs> and he goes in there and like acts. And like then Zach is filming and there's like this big like painting of like a cow and like Zach teaches me about motifs and like how like. I taught her it as like a joke. Like, I know. But and then she like, like <laughs> grabbed onto it. Oh, this is awesome. Because he was like, let's just get a shot of it. And I was like, why? And he was like, because it's a motif. And then, like, I was like, I don't know what that means. I was completely joking <laughs> right. at a tire time. And she, like, latched onto it and was like, all right, cool. And now it's a new transition. In and now it's in your movie. Space. Whatever gets it done. <laughs> Whatever gets it done. And then yeah. we found, so then this is, like, jumping ahead to a year later when we were looking at, like, Airbnbs to shoot mm-hmm. other scenes. And we found one that had that exact that same painting. Yeah. In it. We wanted to fade in. Yeah, I was like, oh, painting. dude, we could, like, transition. It had the same scene. painting as yeah. the motel? The weird, like, cow painting. That's so weird. And, like, like that's fake. They sold yeah, more than fake. one of those? <laughs> I know. But, and I was like, it was like a $300 rental, and I was like, oh, you shouldn't do it. I was like, dude, no. Yeah, I was like, oh, like, this is, oh, that'd be cool, but. Also, I hadn't, like, seen most of the edit at this point. Most of this. Yeah. She, I'm talking about, like, all, I should probably be, like, linear. So I ended up coming, like, shooting second camera. The, then uh, the next day was the prom scene where mm-hmm. all of the uh, all of the, the bang-bang stuff happens. Right. And Where'd you shoot that? At uh, Nova. It was called, oh, God. Nova yeah, Nova. Or something like that. It was yeah, in downtown St. Pete. Downtown St. Oh, okay. Pete. It's a wedding venue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Do they actually, have locker rooms and showers? Oh, uh, maybe. And he actually gave it to me. <laughs> Do they really? $400. It was actually a... Um, it was going to cost me four grand to rent that place. And I had $400 in my bank account. And I was like, all right, law of attraction, let's manifest this shit. So I just put in an application. I was like, hey, I'm a filmmaker. I want to rent this for two days. And he goes, since you're a filmmaker, I'll give it to you for $400. Nice. Whoa. So yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like the last $400 that had in my bank account, but then it's proceeding over to Yeah. And so that was, that was the day when I realized, oh, this girl was like doing everything herself. Right. There's not like a producer involved. There's not like an ad there's oh, yeah. there's nothing she, she was like 
freaking out like all of the stuff and i was just like i don't i didn't like know these guys well enough to step in and be step like hey toes, like, yeah. what can i do to make sure you don't die <laughs> it was it was crazy and i found guy to leave that day because like his mom like had some chest pains or something and so he just like leaves Jeez. and but like i got all upset because like he didn't tell me so i didn't know like i thought he just walked out of me so i'm like shit so now we don't have a sound mixer i've got like i don't know like 50 kids um and then we were trying to like order food and i only had like 20 bucks or something and i'm like can we get like a really big pizza i don't know but um <laughs> just one really big <laughs> That was like, all right, we need to like figure something out. Yeah. Cause we had three cameras running that day, um, and I think we had like a bunch of like loves and like a dude. I don't know. It's a blur. It took us, I think, like I averaged it out. It's like over a course of two days, it took us like 28 hours to film this like scene. And also, I failed. There's another like big mistake in me to tell like half the parents that this was like a school shooting scene. Right. And I also didn't tell the owner that it was a school shooting. So all these people were underage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to throw myself out there. Like, yeah. but I mean, like, I, I didn't think about it. And so we just right. start, like, making this, like, really dark, gory scene, like, blood all over the skies, like, hardwood floor, and, like, all this shit. And then, like, finally, I was like, dude, I, like, never said anything to Michael. That's, like, the owner of the place. And he's just sitting over at the bar, like, watching us. And I was like, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Like, I have blood all over your floor. Right. Like, I don't think I have insurance. Yeah. Um, what kind of blood do you use? It comes up. It was, like, the, I don't and he was like dude just do your thing yeah and he was yeah. like I support artists. Get to that. and he was cool with it and okay. I was like, All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. a lot of it yeah. came out really cool yeah and there was it was that was some of the craziest two days was yeah. that oh, that yeah. thing and i think the second day it went a little bit smoother because i kind of knew you guys a little bit better and was able to sort of vibe and we did this one uh we did this one composite shot to make everyone yeah um, where I was like up, there's a balcony up there and we, I set the camera up there and we just had everyone like go to different quadrants and dance and make it look like the room was Bigger. full and then composite that in. And I was just like right. making them dance over the microphone and getting that, yeah. getting more of that, like good energy where when people feel like things are moving, mm -hmm. it, it's a psychological thing, but right. it, it, it helps. Was good. It wasn't like bad energy. energy. Like it yeah. was like. It was hard, but I had already shot that scene before, mm -hmm. and it was it was just way before Zach. Like I rented the Gulfport Casino, and we only had four hours to shoot this like whole scene that I had in mind. And actually, one of the parents is so funny. One of the stage moms that I like had originally worked with, her daughter was one of the leads. Got upset with me because her daughter didn't shoot as many kids as the main character, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck kind of like edge? type like shit is this so i was like that's really fucked up and so she's like you know what i'm taking my daughter and we're leaving and she leaves set and then other people just start leaving and i was like dude what so and actually this is crazy so this is my fourth day of filming this whole feature film i hadn't had like really any experience before with really anything and so i was so disorganized without an ad that i invite this makeup artist to set who scans me for like i don't know six hundred dollars because she like wanted to like she said that this latex was like worth six hundred dollars apparently i might have been but like i'm like dude six hundred dollars for latex like that's crazy yeah, but anyways extreme. Yeah. and so everybody comes out about all these kids i have them all wear dresses like we've got like i don't know this this shit looks like it's moving and i'm like where's the camera guy and i'm like wait i never told him to shoot today oh, and so shit. i got all these people out here and no camera and guy no camera guy so like i'm up here like 
no shoes for some reason. I always take my shoes off when I like direct. I don't know why. And I get them like Don't recommend like, that by the way. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, people trip over it. I'm like, hello, um, I forgot to invite the camera guy, so y'all can just chill for a sec. And I don't remember what Wait, so I you did. told everybody that? I did. And I went home <laughs> and I got my 4K GoPro and I came back and I have one of my other actors who had had like DP experience um, shoot it on a GoPro. And it was like literally this big. And I have like this whole <laughs> ballroom. And then like that was that day that, that we had this like random guy come in that day and just walk into my set. Like we had like security people. Like we rented it. That was our place. And he comes in and he was like, God has sent me to speak And I was like, who the fuck are you? He was like this old guy, this Russian guy, and he like kisses my hand. I'm like, bro, stop, don't touch me. And he was like in a tuxedo, and he was like, no, God like, God wants me to be with you today. And I'm like, no, like, God needs me to know I do not want you here today. And he goes and sits at the piano and starts playing. And we're just, and I'm like, dude, you just came onto my movie set and you're playing the <laughs> piano. Who are you? And he sings the whole time. And I couldn't get him to leave because he was singing in a different language. And I think that's what we just started filming this massacre scene with this random ass dude. Like, playing piano, piano the whole time. And so, it's kind of like the Titanic when yeah, it's sinking yeah. and they're still playing. Yeah, and like, that's what someone even said. They're like, hey, this might be edgy in post or some shit. Yeah. You know? And More we even had like, the main character stand up on the piano while he was playing it. And just film that. Yeah, and um, then he gives me a shirt with his face on it uh, before he leaves. And I still have it um, like today. And I actually filmed a scene with me wearing it. Because um, <laughs> I was like, who is this guy? Um, but yeah, that was like. Really I've had weird. a lot of weird shit on my sets. I don't think I've ever had anything that weird. <laughs> he, he filmed the whole thing. I looked at the footage and I and I saw it. And it looked really cool from the freaking like little monitor. I was able to get out one of my other friends who was like 16. His dad was like rich and a lawyer and he bought his like Sony camera for him. And he also charged me like $400, $300 for like two hours. But yeah. it was cool. But um, it looked really cool on his little baby monitor. But when I put it up on my. Um, you know, my computer, I see all these kids running, right? It looks so cool. And I'm like, yeah, look at that shit. And then I see parents in the background with their phones on. Oh, and I'm fuck. like, no, like, I can't just get that shit yeah, out. Yeah, you don't let so, people on set. I mean, they run the background. Nobody's but, allowed on set. That's so, not supposed to be there. I'm like, okay. I actually put the film away for, like, almost, like, a year. And I was, like, not going to touch it. And then I was just like, I'm going to give up and just, like, I don't know, just keep being a barista or whatever but um then like people kept asking they're like you can't just like throw this out now you look even worse because i had such a bad yeah. rap already and i'm like now i look even worse because i just threw a film away so i had to do it again and we shot like a year later we filmed at nova and i mean like as hard as it was it it worked to some extent like we have a scene yeah um so yeah that was the story with that and zach just became my ad from there so yeah and yeah. like a whole bunch of other stuff, apparently. My producer, That's like, what happens. no, he's like literally been like my rock the whole time. He's like, um, he's like, we got like a good relationship going and all that. All right. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Completely platonic. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, we're like, we're good friends. That's how me and Sean are. Um, you know, when I first made my, when I fi- made my first movie, I was just like, yeah, I was going to do everything myself. I didn't know any better. And, um, I still you know, do it myself. I had read books and watched behind the scenes mm-hmm. and, shit of how to make a movie and Robert Rodriguez's 10 minute film school and all that shit. So, um, I felt like I could do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I put a casting call up and, uh, I had a conference room at my dad's office and people would come in and audition. And this guy messaged me and he was like, Hey, you know, I graduated film school and 
I'm looking for some something to do. I was working at uh, Bush Gardens, Howl of Scream, and I'm laid off, so I got unemployment. I can like I have time to do stuff. So I said, "Well, come down to the casting call, you know, and we'll hang out and whatever." And uh, so he came, and like we just hit it off. Like we're both horror movie freaks, and uh, you know, both love making movies, and and we've been doing stuff since. You know, he came, he became the camera guy, and I was able to just direct and do everything. And um, and then we kept. Like through the years, we would always have people that we would meet and have them come on set and help, and and we didn't pay anybody. Like nobody got paid. Tell me about um, it. Housewife <laughs> Slasher. I had forty-one actors, nineteen locations, oh and nobody got paid. The only people that got paid were the FX people and food. I mean, that was really where all the money went. And um, everybody just loved doing it. Like it was fun, and uh, it's it's different now. Um, I'm finding that the younger people now feel entitled that, you know, I, I'm doing a casting now for a movie and um, I had someone literally rip me apart because of how much I was going to pay him. He was in like two scenes in the movie and got all upset about me. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I looked at his IMDb credits. He was party goer at, at some movie that never even fucking came out. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't know I was talking to Tom Cruise. Like yeah. I have demands. I have so demands. he wrote me this long email about how he's insulted and well, I'd rather do it for nothing than this and blah, blah, blah. Wow. And so I just, emailed, I was, I had this long email. I was going to send him back and I said, you know what? I deleted it. And I said, I'll just go ahead and cast someone else. That was it. Yeah. Very mature. And then I casted the second person I had on the list, and he was grateful and like, oh, my God, I'm so happy yeah. and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's funny how different people react to different things. And this guy had been in a bunch of stuff, you know, and, you know, and I wasn't paying him much, but yeah. he was just happy to have a role. Yeah. I mean, there's right. nothing going on now. And, uh, yeah, we talked about this a couple weeks ago where, like, if, you're, if there's a project – Try to get as into yeah. the project as no, no matter what it is. If I'm holding a boom mic, if right. I'm holding a light, like I'm doing it. Like I don't give a damn. I just like being involved in projects. Right. I just yeah, exactly. love the industry. Like I just. I've do always this. told actors, look, if you are serious about being an actor, do whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. even yeah. if you're getting paid or not getting paid. Be in the movie. Get as many right. roles as you possibly can. To one, gain experience. Two know what it's like to be on set. Yeah. I mean, everybody's set is different and, um, you know, and just to build your credits, get real footage, you know, that stuff's all important when you're trying to get bigger stuff, you know? Yeah. I think my IMDb page is full of just random credits of like just random projects. Like, Hey, I need a, I need a boom operator. Okay. I'll do it. Like I just do it. I I mean, I I had, I had, I I had two (laughs) girls I offered a lead role to, and there was nudity and, Whenever there's nudity in the movie, I always put a questionnaire out. Yeah. I put it out, you know, have you acted before? What, what city do you live in? Some roles require nudity. Are you comfortable with this? Yeah. And they were, both wrote yes. So I casted both of them. Well, I casted the one, and she tells me that her agent said she can't be in the movie. And I'm like, what? And I'm thinking to myself, is your agent getting you, like, any roles? Because I guarantees not and now you just turn down a lead role in a movie and again i don't care if the movie is a two thousand dollar budget or a two million dollar budget like why would you turn down a lead role in a movie and you're comfortable with the 
content yeah and your agents telling you no like what kind of fucking agent is that yeah you know it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way so i offered it to another girl she accepted the role and then two days later she messages me yeah i talked to my agent i should have cleared it before this is weird. and he told me not to be in the mood i'm like, like what is happening like am i in the <laughs> twilight zone so i had two girls turn the lead role down because their agent said no yeah. and if you go back i mean there's so many big name actors that started in low budget horror movies. I mean, George Clooney, Tom Hanks, Jennifer Aniston, like all of them yeah, were in. I, I didn't know, know that. Some yeah. Still work in indie George stuff. Clooney was in uh, Return to Horror High, which I mean, probably had like a hundred thousand dollar budget. <clears throat> Matthew McConaughey was in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. Two. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston was in Leprechaun. Yep. The first Leprechaun. Johnny Depp was in Nightmare on Elm Street. That, the first one was no, like the budget was terrible. Right. I mean, it's. It's crazy how many people started from like super low budget horror movies and made it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is weird um, now too with things being so much more accessible. Like you can using the Black Magic Pocket, you can shoot a movie yeah. that looks. Oh, like, it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks like it was shot on a camera that cost ten times as much. Yeah. Right. And yeah. there's all the the red fanatics that are. Mm. Oh, well, you can only shoot on red because that's the thing. And then yeah. seeing seeing them kind of slowly realize, oh. This camera, camera is a one, quarter of the size. One red memory card costs as much as the pocket cinema camera. Right. I think, <laughs> I think lighting is more important oh, absolutely. than the camera you're shooting on. Like, you know, if your lighting sucks, oh, it's going right. to look like shit. Yeah, I don't yeah. care what love, camera you're shooting on. I love when people will put all this money into, yeah, we're going to have an 8K red, whatever, on set. And then you're like, oh, here's white walls and plastic cups. Right, right. Line <laughs> out. No set design. Blank yeah. walls. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so that's... Okay, I mean, what's your frame doesn't matter if what's in front of it is shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, white walls look the same whether you're in right. 720 or right. 12K. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we shot a, a movie called Die Die Delta Pi back in <laughs> 2012. Love these titles. And um, title and poster sells. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. Um, and we had a guy that we brought on. We actually interviewed a bunch of people to be our editor because I hated editing. Like, oh, I yeah. didn't want to edit. That's the worst part of every – And <sighs> so we hired this guy to be our editor, and he was like, you know, I, I've worked on a bunch of stuff before, and I know how to like, do lighting. Yeah. And he was like, and I know somebody that has a bunch of lights. I'm like, awesome. So we didn't pay him shit, and he was there doing all our lighting. and. We shot that movie on a T3i, okay. but it looks good. Like the lighting yeah. was so you got a awesome. The yeah. item was nice. off. The, the lighting was yeah. awesome in that wow. movie. It took forever to set up. Yeah. And people were getting pissed because they're wow. standing around for an hour while Larry's setting the lights up. But it was totally worth it. Like the yeah. lighting was yeah, amazing. Yeah, lighting in that is movie. key in everything. And um, everything. but yeah, that movie was uh, something else. That's a, a movie we had a location for two days. We had to shoot 40 pages in two days oh. and we had oh like, God. we got to set and this is with like someone doing lighting, mm -hmm. like real lighting. Oh, and, uh, so we got there on Sunday morning at 10 AM. We had ABC news was coming out to do a story on us at 8, 10 in the morning. So we got there at 10, we're setting everything up. They're interviewing us. And then we start shooting. We shot all the way until the sun came up the next morning. Oh. It was crazy. Yeah. And then I had to work the next day, and oh, yeah. I hadn't slept in like two days because this was a Saturday Sunday shoot. I was so tired, yeah. and I was a meat cutter at a grocery store, and I'm like, 
going in and out of consciousness while I'm working yeah. on saws and knives oh and stuff. Oh, shit. And yeah. it was pretty scary. So I went home and crashed for like two days. Yeah, like, <laughs> last day, we wrapped at like 5.30 in the morning, and I had to clock in at work at 6. Oh, yeah. I, I did that on a couple TV shows that I did. I did um, this one TV show. We finished. We wrapped at 4 a.m. We had a, cat, a call at 6 a.m. So oh. basically, I took a nap. And then literally oh, out of clothes, and then I just directed the next day. We had a girl. We had a girl that lived in Tallahassee. They were twins, and they lived in Tallahassee. And they came to shoot, and like I said, it was like six in the morning, and she had to be in Tallahassee to take the bar exam oh at God. ten a.m. <laughs> so she leaves our set after being up all freaking night, drives to Tallahassee, goes right to the damn testing center to take the bar exam. Luckily, she passed. I was gonna but say. I was like, like that's dedication. Yeah, and she yeah. didn't get paid anything. Like that's the yeah. thing is like it was different. Not even six, seven years ago was so different than it was now. Like back then, you could get people to just come out and for nothing, yeah. just because they wanted to be a part of it and right. you know had a passion for it. It's a great I mean, experience. I I get it. It's like you're trying to make it your career. It's it's you can only do the free stuff for for so long. Yeah, before it, and that's understood. Yeah. You know, if you got this huge resume and I'm like, all right, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. You know, but most of the actors we work with are shitty. Gotta I mean, <laughs> hey, thank you. They're just starting out. <laughs> right. You're a shitty actor, Tony. I don't care. So, <laughs> uh, you know, and I feel like I'm not getting paid to direct and shoot this right. thing. And nobody else is getting paid. Like, why should we pay this guy? Right. You know, when I got 10 other actors that are dying for this role, that'll do it for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what happens when you got. $2,000 is your budget or $3,000 right. your budget. Yeah. Now we pay people, you know, not much, but we pay people to be in the movies. And cause if we didn't, we could literally probably make a movie for like $20. Right. You know? Um, but now it's like, you know, we spend probably a thousand dollars on cast and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's what it is. Got, you got to start somewhere. You got like when you during your first feature, that's you, you learn all these bumps and bruises. You know now you have an idea of what to expect and how to program it, how to just approach it. Just triggered was Mace Walker's film school. Oh, yeah, I always tell I people. So I always tell people <laughs> your first movie is gonna suck. And again, I haven't yeah. seen your movie. I don't know anything about it. But your first movie is gonna suck. Yeah. And but if you learn from it. All of your mistakes and 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 not make them again. Right. You'll get you way can better. See, right. Like the movie's kind of weird because like you can see like when I was less experienced. Right. To when oh, you yes. were more experienced. But like it's all out of order, so it's like it kind of like good the, scene, the bad scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little sure. Bit. Um, but I try my best to like keep it consistent with the tone and right. everything. So. Yeah, like yeah. I said, my first movie was awful. Yeah. And then my second movie was like. Oh my God! Like this guy just went from here to like exactly. here. Exactly. Like, and I had a DP gosh. that knew what he was doing, and I literally was over that guy's shoulder, constantly. Yeah, you need a learning, learning. From oh yeah. Her. Oh yeah. And yeah. then that got me into shooting. Um, I, I kind of got forced into shooting because my third movie, he was going to DP it again, and he got called to Fashion Week. So um, he went, yeah. you know, I'm like, dude, you're getting paid a lot of money. Just go. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Said, Show me like the settings on the camera and I'll shoot it. I've, <laughs> I've seen this guy yeah. enough to where I felt like I could do it. Yeah. And 
did. I mean, I shot it myself. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. She rented a school bus, filmed on a school bus with like yeah. 40 kids. All right, wow. Zach. Let's not have. Like, hey, like I said, we shot two movies. Well, no, we COVID still followed and... COVID protocol. We did follow. We we tried, but I ordered a school bus to my house, and this is weird, but you can do that. Yeah. And, like, I, like, <laughs> you can do a lot of things. And I didn't know that it came with a bus driver, and it was super <laughs> low key. Like I just walked out of my house, and there was a bunch of kids on it, and I was like, cool. that's cool. And like I had the three hundred dollars. You rented the like with the kids? No, oh, it came with the kids. Yeah, it's what? really cool. Oh, Wait, yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, you can in some weird countries, but I don't know. I got the kids picks up from kids. kids casting as well, <laughs> but I didn't charge them this time. Get on the bus, but, kids. Um, and actually, like afterwards, like one of them got like really like car sick, and then like we were filming outside and on someone's like properties. It's we I really like this building, and she like. Started like yelling at us outside the window, and like she thought we were like the BLM like protest group. Oh and, my god! And she was like, "I bought you water, and you don't need to be destroying my property." And we were like, "We're just taking pictures, like haha." And then like the girl like throws up in the yard, uh, and um, <laughs> it's, it's biodegradable. Yeah, so, like, lots of stuff just happened, but yeah, it was cool because like the, I didn't know I could just get a school bus, especially during COVID, because I was like, yeah, what am I gonna do with this? Like, I don't want to green screen it, and like the whole mm. school like was shot in like so many different locations. Like, obviously, yeah, right. like you can tell that we didn't have real school. Yeah, had, school's like, impossible to get. Oh my god, like nobody wanted my content. Like, some, like I even got such rude responses. Like I would email like high school teachers, be like, hey, I'm doing a school shooting film. Can I come? Like, <laughs> right. they, they, great they, opener. I yeah. know, but I mean, it's funny because I've I've been be trying like, to no. find this uh, locker room with showers for. It's supposed to be a high school locker room, and uh-huh. everywhere I go, I'm like, yeah, it's this movie called Cheerleader Dreams, and it's about this cheerleader <laughs> that's oh trying god, to make the team, to explain it, and like, and all this yeah. shit, and just to like ease them up because if you say oh yeah we're filming the cheerleader sleepover slaughter mm-hmm. they're going to be like yeah no because i've noticed over the years if you say it's a horror movie it turns them right off yep. why and, is that uh, i don't know it's, it's just people are weird well, there people is think, kind of a negative connotation yeah people don't want naked of... girls and gore all over their locker room yeah. so you know i came up with this like pseudo that. uh plot and name it's about a girl that's trying to make the cheerleader team and the girls are mean to her but she perseveres at the end, yeah, you know. She girl. does. She fucking kills everybody. That's how she perseveres. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, Jeez, yeah, a, it's a PR guy. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been pretty lucky with locations over here. My dad's a realtor, and he knows like everybody in town. So I, I'm he's like my first call. Hey, dad, I need a church or I need a school locker room. Like that's really the only one he hasn't been able to get. Um, but he got us the pawn shop. He got us. Um, all these different locations over the restaurants everything cool. so it's cool to have him yeah. as my location scout <laughs> there was one point when i remember mace would just like call me up and be like hey would it be super crazy if i just like bought a bunch of old lockers oh, yeah. and put them in some hallway and then right. we just did that and like for like five shots yeah maybe I a little bought, like 500 dollars like old like lockers and i was just throwing them in my hallway and be like hey let's just throw some kids like right. in front of those and he's like then what are you gonna do with those yeah, yeah. it's like giving them, them there. There. we'll make the locker room. That's there. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a whole warehouse. A whole warehouse. Yeah. Um, we so, about how that. much did you total spend on this movie? Totally. Um, I don't have an exact number, but I would say somewhere between 15 through 20k. Because I worked at Panera Bread for over a year. 
it was my Panera anniversary two months ago. Panera anniversary. It sucks. Um, but sorry, Panera, but y'all suck at. <laughs> I can edit that out. <laughs> I mean, I, I can bleep too. it. Oh god! But like, yeah, I didn't really keep any of my paychecks. Like, I so just all your money like, made went yeah, to this movie. And I went to the movie, and like Zach was like super like just lenient with me. Like he let me like put all my money into other stuff. Like mm-hmm. I yeah, still owe I him saw, so much money right now. I but, saw like, like what yeah. she was going for, and then after like we worked on a couple shorts together between like the 2019 shooting of Triggered and then the 2020 bit. And then we ended up being better friends and we like ended up spending a night just editing, uh, what was it? That short film we did. Yeah. Lunchbox yeah, together. Lunchbox. It was like your bonding time. Man. <laughs> and then we were, pizza and I yeah. tip the guy and he taught me how to tip the pizza. <laughs> like, that's kind of like, you know, my, my guardian. Agent. It's crazy. But, um, it was then when I realized, okay, we can spend 20 hours editing together and like, not hate each other. That'd be cool about it. Yeah, yeah. So then after that, a little bit later, she was like, hey, you want to come and just see the rough cut of Triggered and like <laughs> yeah. talk over what her plans are? And then I saw like this whole like snippy bit of it. On my laptop, I played it at the yeah. render. Like I didn't, or it wasn't even rendered. I just played it from the timeline. Yeah. Before. So it was all like kind of just disconjointed and it was, but it was enough to be like, okay, I can sort of, I see that she has a vision for this and she's like willing to do whatever to make right, it right. happen. And, that and that's contagious. Yeah. When you see someone busting their ass, yeah. it makes you want to bust your ass. Right. And then like and knowing, help, you knowing know what, what she'd gone through and how people, cause initially I was like, okay, cool. Like a quick paycheck, whatever. Right. Like shoot for a couple of days. And then I saw like this mountain that she was trying to get pushing over. everything sure. up herself. Oh yeah. Like fucking Atlas holding the, the sky. Right. And I was just like, okay, what, what can I do? How can we like make this, make this cool? And it's, right. it's weird. It's crazy. It's sort of like all over the place, but I <laughs> feel like it is after, after seeing on Tuesday, when we saw the, we saw it at the, uh, at Tampa theater, mm-hmm. then to see and get like a better glimpse of, okay, yeah, I can see what you're trying to do here. And now, right. now we have the, the fun two months of like cleaning everything and really right. like tightening stuff up. But mm-hmm. to, to be able to trust someone like that and be like, yeah, I see what you're doing. I'm totally oh, on yeah. board. Right. And knowing that people kept trying to like shift it and be like, Oh, it should be more about autism or more right. about like this. And yeah. this. Oh, I think if my son does this, mm-hmm. then the movie will do better. And it's like, no, yeah, that, just, that sucks dealing with parents. Yeah. Um, and I've dealt with people in the past that were actors and they were like, Hey, maybe we should try it this way. I'm like, you act (laughs) and we will make the movie. Like, I don't need your input. You know, if I need somebody's input, I'll ask them, you know, and that's usually, I'm either going to ask Sean or Jason, Hey, what do you think about this or whatever? I'm not going to ask my actor you know, how I feel like we should shoot this scene. You and know what I mean? just right. got so excited about it, and they all had, like, these different interpretations. Of course. And nobody really liked my ending because it was just kind of, like, not a cliffhanger, but there's nothing, like, it's not like you're like, wow, that was, like, the ending. It's just, like, right. just the ending that I wanted it to be, but, like, there was, like, a battle, like, I almost changed the name of the film, too, just because, like, it was so controversial just locally, but then I was like, this is just locally, like, this is literally That's what's going to get you, you know? a so name, though. Like, Controversy you know, sells. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so like, I was just, I was like, kind of like 
thinking like my IMDb page is like completely sabotaged, so none of that right. makes any sense. I'm not like credited as the director. One of my crew members did that. Yeah, like, it's crazy. We can't even just, like, like we can't even change anything it. on it. And, like yeah, the other day so someone weird. just on your own page. Like, well, yeah. IMDb thinks that the uh, that the movie was released in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so it's old posters. Yeah. One of the stage moms credited herself as the AD and the and, executive uh, producer. Like the, the day after my screening, some troll like somehow got into my screening yeah. and left me like the longest yeah, like, read it. just terrible essay. Like yeah. <laughs> I read it last yeah, night. I, I told her it was awesome. Was, I was like, terrible. this is great. This is a big, this is a big And deal. I was like, okay. here's the thing, like if you if you read those comments mm-hmm. on your movies and take it to heart, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. Like I see these things, I laugh now at them. I yeah. think they're kind of funny. Like yeah. I got I, I made a movie called Crazy Lake and one of the comments is um and the Oscar goes to not this movie, you know, and like, oh, it's a Mountain Dew commercial and all this shit, you yeah, know, yeah. hot girls and guys with no clothes on the whole movie and all this shit. And it's just like, it makes me laugh now because I'm like, this guy doesn't know what goes into making a movie. So yeah. who the fuck is he to say anything about my movie? You know what I mean? Um, Everyone thinks they can do it better because like we said before, <laughs> making a movie's hard. Yeah. Like if it was easy there would be millions of people doing it, but it's nobody. Ha- you got to have a lot of will to, yeah. to make a movie. Focus. Like, it's so hard. A lot of focus, a lot um, of directorial, a lot of time. Yep. Yeah. Like you just got to have every, like the stars have to align yeah. to make a movie because it's so hard. It's just risky. Like with this content, especially like just how it's going to be. Perceived but that's what's cool. You, but made, risk is good. you made the movie that you wanted to make though. Like yeah. you didn't let people change your vision and, that's to be commended, yeah. especially yeah. from a young person. Um, and you know, she, she, um, she was able to learn along the way. Like even when I first started working with her, seeing her like willingness to to try learn different and things, be better. Learn. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then that's what it's to, about. To given the nature of how weird this one is, and part of what like got made me want to come in and like see some of the process was, yeah, you have a high schooler that's trying to make a movie about school shootings as mm-hmm. her first feature film. Right. And to have something of that content be made by the people that it most affects, essentially, sure. that's that's a story that I kind of want to see, you right. know? Of course. Yeah. It's just all about, like, learning where to, like, draw the line, especially, like, mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be, like, the school shooting movie because it just changed so much and yeah. like i mean it could even be just metaphorical like just how we're so like quick to shoot each other down just right. in life mm-hmm. and in high school and just um i just wanted to kind of show like a more like dark twisted version of the female experience mm-hmm. i think as a teenager and i think it definitely is more i guess targeted towards young women because it just kind of shows how we can just crumble from the inside we just insult right. ourselves and we just tell ourselves that we're shit and it's just like just kind of a battle with christy and herself and then there is a character who's on the spectrum um in there as well and then there's another character um who is actually in real life my best friend um who struggled with depression so i actually like based the character off of her mm-hmm. um and so she like there's like a self-harm scene and right. she experienced self-harm and she said that in another interview like she's open about it and she like went through that and like had to be hospitalized and it's like this stuff is like real stuff like um it's just a lot of people were real emotional like especially like it was almost like a compliment to me because like my lead and I um Kaden she was so like 
I had purposely didn't talk to her for like most of the time because I was like just trying to isolate myself from her because it was like me and the rest of the crew were kind of like buddy buddy and then her and her mom were just kind of by themselves and it was almost like I was kind of doing it on purpose because she kind of would get ticked at me and be like you know I don't think Mace likes me or like all this shit but then like she got so agitated she got insecure about herself came out and you could just see it and actually 40% of like the film like a lot of it is just like candids like Mm -hmm. just her like the narration and stuff just looking around you can even see like in her eyes like how she feels and like i feel like there's just so much like raw emotion just Mm -hmm. like just the gestures and the body language like i have a few scenes that i cut that the actors were like i don't remember filming that (laughs) because like we just had it rolling and like she just like fascinated me as a person anyway Mm -hmm. it's not to sound creepy no no Um, but like nobody like I even tell her, I'm like, if I had, like, the opportunity to recast any A-lister, I would not take it because nobody could play this character like Kaden can because I would, I, I didn't have to direct her, like, towards the end. She just knew, like, every, like, movement, just right. how she would deliver her lines. You were on the same page. Weird, and seeing her at the screening, it was, like, the first time I had talked to her, like, actually as a person, and, like, I just kept almost wanting to call her Christy, and it was weird, because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, looking at this thing that, I, this person I created that I've only watched through a screen, and it's just, like, she creeps me out, she gives me nightmares, and it's, like, <laughs> I see this girl, and, like, she was, like, giving me a hug, and she's, like, this is so weird, I'm, like, fuck yeah, this is weird, like, it's just, like, she's, like, a figment in my imagination, but then, like, right. in real life, she's, like, an influencer, she brought it to life. she's, like, this other artist who has her own thing going and That's on what's cool stuff. about movies, is bringing your yeah. imagination to life, and you get to see it play out. It's really cool. It's strange, you know? I always said that's my favorite part of making a movie back when it was like affordable to rent a theater. Um, was just sitting in the theater with everybody because, you know, editing movie, you've seen it a gazillion times and you get to a point where you're just like, I have no idea if this movie's good or not. Like, I have no clue. (laughs) Yeah. And because you've seen it so much and you just, it skews your vision. Like, you don't know if it's good or not. So just sitting in a theater with your cast and crew and friends and friends and watching it and just seeing everybody's reactions, like, did he laugh when he was supposed to laugh or did they groan when they're supposed to groan? You know, did they jump when they're supposed to jump is like, is really satisfying. Like that was my favorite part of the whole process was that was sitting there for the first time in the theater watching everybody yeah, watch like it. Manipulate your audience. Yeah, it's just, it's like, really cool, yeah. and it's a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, you know, you can't get a theater for cheap now. Yeah. We used to be able to rent the movie co and Ebor for 300 bucks on a oh, Saturday right. night at like 8 o'clock. Oh, it was wow. crazy. I mean, I had film festivals that I, I made film. Fe- I, I did uh, two film festivals, um, the Innovative Film Festival and Florida Film Florida Horror Film Festival. Uh, I did those for five years, and um, it was just awesome because you can rent this theater for 300 bucks. It was crazy, and you can run your whole film festival there the whole day. Yeah. And, um, you know, you were able to make some pretty decent money doing that. Um, but now it's like AMC pretty much runs everything, and they're know, outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for indie people, especially. Like, there's not a lot of us here in no. Tampa or St. Pete. Yeah. Like Actually, the, this area used to thrive. And everybody moved to Atlanta and L.A. And yeah. Like, my whole cast from Crazy Lake is gone. Like, they all moved. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead the lead was in the uh, uh, Camila Caballo Havana na oh, really? video. Oh, cool. Um, right at her. the beginning, there's, like, a Spanish soap opera thing going on. He's, like, the lead in that. Oh, nice. And then one of the girls from that movie 
is a uh, one of the leads in uh, P Valley on Stars. Okay. Uh, it's a show about a strip club in Mississippi, I think, or Louisiana, and uh, mm-hmm. she's one of the leads in that. Um, so a lot of people just moved and they're doing stuff, you know, yeah. which is awesome. I love seeing that someone I work with. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, it's awesome. awesome. You know, it's one of the best seeing them in like a real thing. Yeah. So. Cool. I haven't experienced that yet. No. 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 No one. No one that I really. Someday. Talk. Well, no. Actually, <laughs> one of my friends actually was a co-host of mine from the TV show. He was in a movie with Daniel Radcliffe. I think that was. Oh, cool. So. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think that's the the biggest of my co-stars or persons that I've worked with. I think that was the biggest thing. I've Did seen. you see the new Vacation? Mm-hmm. With no. Christina Applegate no. and uh, I mean it came out four years ago. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, that was a big movie, and one of our girls was in that. Her IMDb credit name is Boobs. Because <laughs> oh, nice. Christina Applegate, she goes to her sorority house, and she walks up. She's like, Boobs, give me a beer. So her nice. IMDb credit name Something is Something nice to cross off the bucket. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to be named Boobs. <laughs> so what are, your, uh, what are your plans with the movie now? Are you? I know it's really long, right? Yeah. It's like two and a half hours. Or? Uh, right now it's. Uh, two hours and 34 minutes, which I hear is as long as Pulp Fiction is. Yeah. Um, Are you going to cut that back? Is that a plan? or? You know what? It's me and Zach were looking at it, and like you're like, you know, this is just going to be long. It just has to be. Mm-hmm. And, Why don't you do um, volumes? The what? Like volumes. Like volumes? Oh, yeah. Well, I did chapters, like, and yeah. um, the reviewer had an issue with that. He's like, there's no... Uh, there's no real reason why you should have chapters. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no real reason why I make They did chapters in Justice League. Well, they had to. That was well, four hours long. One of the reasons I did it was because I had these kids for three, four years. Like, I grew up with these kids. Right. Like, yeah. You know, like, we all got older, puberty, sure. and holy shit. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, there's they couldn't cut their hair for certain, like, agents and stuff. All that bullshit. But mm. um, my overall goal, like, with this film, like, I don't, like, straight want to just go into distribution. I don't feel like this is that type of film mm-hmm. and like Zach's gonna laugh at me this is not a film this is like an experience to me like this is just right. like I want the audience to just see like this is just a piece of work like an artwork yeah and it's like it's just not it doesn't follow the, the rules you know it's not really cinematic it's breaks the fourth wall and the 180 rule <coughs> all that stuff like mm-hmm. we just we do all these things that, that like, really break the fourth that, wall. well there's just a lot of shit it breaks man like it's just <laughs> It's just not right, but... Who the hell um, wants to follow rules? Yeah. I think that, like... Rules are made to be broke. It expresses me, and I really want to just try for Sundance. I know you all probably see me. Yeah. Know, you see me on Facebook sure. posting, like, I'm going to submit to Sundance, and I've got all these people telling me that I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm like, bro, I'm going to be 100% disappointed if I don't. Are you going to so go like, through the you know, festival route? Yeah, you I want to go Because I'll give through, you advice on that. I love that. Um, I just want to go through all that, see if I can get discovered quote unquote or like mm-hmm. someone will like my work want to like collab with me or get some investors just yeah. something like that sure. you know so i think i have something like unique going for me i don't think i'm like a master at film yet but of course not um but you have many years ahead of you yeah. like oh yeah i started when i was 40 so my time is you know scrunched down like you're at a perfect time because Anybody can make anything. Like the iPhone, the new iPhone is so crazy. Like you can literally shoot a movie on that. Like, like it's crazy. Um, so everybody has a 4K camera in their pocket, right. and you can make something. I mean, yeah. it, you know, when people see that, they're kind of like, oh, it's not a real movie. But Steven Soderbergh just made two movies with an iPhone. Yeah. Um, you I know, know the so it's happening. With that is 
not ideal. Right. It's happening. But, but you yeah. know, just, just to say that anybody can do it, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, and it's a great time for a young person that's interested yeah. in film to, to try and make it. Um, and also the Sundance and festivals, like how many movies have we recommended in our, one of our shows that we do is 10 movies. Yeah, you we have never 10 seen. movies you never heard of. And we're uh, doing volume two next week. But, uh, a lot of the movies that we recommend are from these from festivals. Sundance, IFC, stuff like that. So, and so we push out those those messages. Those. I mean, are you up against it? Yeah. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of movies that get submitted yeah. to Sundance. Less than like the one percentile. Right. You know. But, like I said before, you have an advantage because of your story. Um, there's no – I can guarantee there's not many 18-year-old directors that submitted their movie to Sundance. Right. Um, they're mostly, you know, probably in their late twenties, early thirties, you know, trying to get some stuff out there. But your your story is so unique that, um, again, that's why I wanted to have you on because you're so intriguing to me because I know what it takes to make a movie, and I remember my first time doing it, not knowing anything, never went to film school or anything, and all the challenges that I had, you know, and I see your posts of all your challenges, and I'm just like fuck man just keep going just keep going yeah. and i didn't know you from adam and i'm just like rooting for you it's to make keep it, pushing through you know? yeah. keep pushing and, through. uh those first bumps and bruises you know they're 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 scarring but you feel sure. those for your entire career right you're like oh and, i'm not doing that shit again <laughs> yeah. yeah so just learn from your mistakes get a thick skin yeah. and uh you're gonna get a lot of rejection anybody tell you what to do and don't let anybody tell you you can't because sure. you just showed everybody that you can't yeah. and uh it's a very intriguing and inspiring to see someone like yourself do what you did and not give up. I mean, you could have gave up probably a million times throughout the process. I'm sure. I could have gotten done a lot faster if I hadn't given up. And like, I don't. If COVID hadn't hit, I don't even know if I would have finished the film because it was just like I got let go from my job for a bit and I was just mm-hmm. sitting in my room and I just like remember like it was like three in the morning and I was just staring at the drawer that had like triggered in it like on the two like hard jobs because it couldn't fit on one and like they were all dusty and I hadn't even looked at the footage and I had it for six months and I just like took it out plugged it into my laptop I was like all right here we go Started like, messing with it, yeah. and I just started editing it and then it went to a different computer and then it went to a different computer and then I was sharing a computer with my mom while she was working from home and she was like what's this plugged in here and like yanking shit out and <laughs> it was just like Crazy. crazy hard to to manage and since right. Zach lives in Largo and I live in St. Pete and I don't have a car. I do have a car. I'm getting it this Friday to drive it home. Um, but I haven't had a car this whole time, so like I couldn't come see him. And like when I would bring my film down there, the shit would just like all scatter. Like you had to relink everything, yeah. and things were named the same yeah. way. I had so much uh, stuff. That happened on my first movie. We had we were shooting with two cameras, the same camera, and all the yeah. files were the same. And we were trying to figure out how to import them. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So we imported them, and all the files were named the same, uh-huh. and we literally lost half of our footage from that, from that file yeah. thing. We yeah. clicked the wrong choice, and I deleted log- all these and kept all these. I'm like, no. I log everything before I even open Premiere, yeah. and then put that all into like its own stuff. It's so much. Sometimes. Yeah, that's what I do. I'll, I'll go with scene number folders. Oh yeah, yeah. Every scene number has a different folder. And then once you do, because Premiere uses so much processing power that mm-hmm. if you do it outside of Premiere, you're able to right. do it a, a good yeah. bit quicker and not have to worry about crashes as much. Right. And then you already have yeah, all the, the Adobe crashes. 
Yeah, I don't, that's why I got rid of Adobe. I Ugh. hate Adobe. Mm, I do DaVinci now. Adobe I do, sucks, man. I, do I hate it. I know. But it's like yeah. the standard. Like, what do you yeah, want to do? I know a lot of people are going to DaVinci. Yes, we are. And, uh, it's so much faster. Come to DaVinci. So yeah. I haven't made that switch. Yet. That's the thing. Is like, I know like, open it, so I got to learn a whole new software again. Like, I mean, but you can change it. It's Because if you in the beginning, when you upload DaVinci, it actually says what programs are, have you had experience with. And, mm-hmm. and it can manipulate and mold to a similar fashion really? of the That's yeah cool. so when you first load it up you say i i'm, I'm used to adobe premiere yeah. so it'll um put a it'll configure it to a way where you can be somewhat more right. familiar with it or learn it a lot quicker because they'll try to put a little like profile like or grading like color grading is so much better with davinci too well, right? well black, black well, that's magic that's what, they, that's what they're known for really and now and now they're not only doing color grading but they also bought um, the, the, I think it's, I forgot what it was called, uh, uh, the, the sound studio. Yes. Yeah. The sound studio. Now their sound is starting to get really? ridiculous. So wow. basically they're, they're not only the best in color grading, they're going to be the best in sound. They're not there yet, but they will be. Yeah. And it's, that's why, that's why I recommend DaVinci going on. I don't do DaVinci for like YouTube or anything like that. I do that for my big projects, but mm-hmm. for this, for YouTube and all that, I do a smaller project cause it's a smaller program cause it's quick and easy and mm-hmm. you know but with davinci if you learn that and get great at that i think it's the, the next program where it's going to be the the regular it's oh, going to be because it's it's got so many capabilities mm-hmm. it has everything that adobe could do and even better it even has after effects into it it's just not there yet but it will be right and it's like I said, if you learn it at this level by the time they release get bigger with the davinci um after effects mm-hmm. i forgot what they call it but they, it's going to be even on above uh, Adobe Premiere. And I, what, what I love about that too is we've already seen that Black Magic as a company is a disruptor in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at look at those big pill cameras from eight years ago and what they've got now. Yeah, right. It's insane. And people were complaining about those cameras and like, oh, it's so janky. But now it's you see the progression there, and yeah. the CEO is like a technical engineer oh, so yeah. he comes from that background and it's cool to see what they're doing with and they're making class. it affordable for and they're us cheap. yeah like, uh, like, I, like i said i just yeah. bought it for one for a thousand and fifty dollars mm-hmm. oh, i mean yeah. it didn't have lenses or attachments or anything but still i mean i had the brain of the camera for a thousand. this right here can do what those big mm-hmm. production studios can do with insane production like this little thing controls four cameras it could do just line them up wow. in sequence. It, mm-hmm. it, literally, that's what this does. Three hundred dollars. Yeah. Three hundred dollars for this. Like it's that's why Black Magic is like second to yeah. none mm-hmm. in quality for for production and industry for us. Like for the the little guys. Like it gives us the same quality that we can as if we had those mm-hmm. million dollar sets. Sure. And I think that's why they're second to none in, in pretty much in our industry. Yeah. Because yeah. it gives us it, it gives us the opportunities. In, in real time, in our hands, the quality that we can put out. Yeah. Still waiting for Netflix to put them on that approved camera list. Yeah, I know, right? The 4.6 is. The 4.6. Oh. The 4.6. Okay. The 4. The Ursa. Ursa. That's the only one that they have approved on it's on that list so far. I think it's because it has built-in IR. Wait, so they won't take those like films unless they're like shot? Yeah, uh, they, have specific a, camera they have a camera list. Well, it, it's the time code. It's because there's no oh. time. That's the exact reason why the, the Pocket 4K and the Pocket 6K are not on that list. But now the 6K is actually coming with the time code um, encoder. The 6K Pro? Yes. Or? No. Okay. Um, no. They have it, it, actually any of them. It's just an external thing that goes into the to the mic. 
So basically, it plugs okay. into the mic and actually puts in a time code. So oh. now it will be able to use, but it's just not updated on the list. Okay. But the time like, code. What does Netflix be... care if there's a time code? Well, it's for their originals specifically. Uh, okay, gotcha. yeah. yeah. Like you can get a film on there. Like part of the El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, was mm-hmm. shot on Alexa and I think the 6K. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the, a lot of the movies on there that they put on there, they accept on there. Have to be a part of that camera, yeah, camera really unless you're Cohen Brothers. Yeah, and filmed a movie and some like old Alexa that has 3.2K. Yeah, if you had a name attached yeah. to it, and yeah. if you have the money, the right. money talks. But like I said, for industry for like us, people. yeah. 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 <laughs> well, they also, you know, if if it's gonna sell, like it's gonna yeah bring in like more you have subscribers. A Netflix original Cohen Brothers movie. That's yeah. gonna that's gonna bring eyes. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, but you have to be on that acceptable list to be even looked at. But there's other programs that you can actually go into that actually sells you to different like Hulu and Netflix. Hulu is getting really big too. So yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of people are going over to Hulu. I love like even Hulu. like HBO Max or something like that. Yeah, like, HBO you know, Max. They're um, getting all the like new stuff. The yeah. New releases. Yeah. I mean, Netflix is like kind of getting overrated right now. So. Well, yeah, I don't have Netflix, Netflix anymore. It's funny. I hardly ever use Netflix. Like, I I'll I'll use it here and there. I usually watch a series on there. Like, I just watched that uh, Jenny and Georgia. Series. Oh, I watched it. It's actually really you'll probably like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um I like teeny bopper high school shows <laughs> and horror and stuff. Like hey, that's I'm fine. weird. Like I love like bringing on and shit like that. Yeah. Um, no judgment. It's just weird. So that's why I was trying to make a high school cheerleader movie. That's not going so well. I mean but um uh, but I, I definitely got rid of Netflix because I just don't think the offerings are just not yeah. Too, well, what you got to do is you get a VPN and you watch from other countries, German yeah, Netflix, yeah, yeah. and you get a whole bunch of different shows. Well, same thing, yeah, UK and yeah. I mean, because it, it's just, but it's still, there's other programs that you can actually have to do that rather than. I mean, I just don't like Netflix in general. I think I watch Hulu mostly. Yeah, me too. Oh, right. Yeah, I feel like Netflix, like a lot of like the series, and like Zach and I were talking about it too. Like it's just kind of like the same like plot or like the same like plot twist mm-hmm. specifically. Like yeah. there's always like a random like character that just happens to like come out gay or like there's like oh my god like, <laughs> yeah we were talking <laughs> about thirteen reasons <laughs> thirteen reasons why, reasons why. I was yeah. just gonna say that like, it's just so over the top like, like the first two seasons yeah. of that show were freaking really good and then the third season I was just like. Why is everybody coming out as gay? Like it's yeah. so weird, and it almost right? Makes it there was like, like it's five like, different people that came out in season three. It was just, just so it's strange. So strange, and it's like that, that they're almost trying to like alienate like more by like I don't know, just hyping that up yeah, and stuff weird. like that. So it's like I don't know. I feel like that was something like I struggled with my writing too. Like my script had to be like so edgy that like everyone was gay and everyone was like a different race, and I was like, I can't do it like this because that's right. just cheating, man. Like right. it's not genuine. So I was like. This is where it's like politically incorrect, and I'm just gonna call myself out on it before yeah. I, down the yeah. road I'm successful and someone else calls me out on it. So yeah. like it's like I'm like, do I really like want to make you know? I don't know. I don't want to like get into this territory. So it's just like weird when you like bring all that shit into it, and then like with the Netflix series, like I just feel like there's so many just overused like oh yeah, stuff we were that we were talking about that like, last week. Um, it so seems like. Cool. Every movie and series now has to have a black person, a white person, a gay person, an Asian person, a Spanish person. Like every cast has either, to be yeah. like that in every movie now. Yeah, and I'm just like, I've been noticing that lately. Uh, like the new Wrong Turn came out, yeah. and they had they had a um, they had a gay couple, they had a, a mixed race um, relationship, they had a white girl, a Spanish guy an Indian gay guy. And it's just like, what is going on here? Like yeah. what happened to just 
whoever's good for the role, just yeah. put that's, them in it. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I'm all for representation. I yeah. think that's important. But you know what? I have no problem with an all-white cast or an all-black cast or all-Asian cast. I have no problem with that if, yeah. it, if it works. Like, right. whatever. I don't care. Um, and I was, I was telling Sean the other day, you know, when I write, I don't write for specifics. Like, mm. I just write and then... I have a casting, and if you're black, white, Asian, whatever, I don't care as long as you're right yeah. for the role. You know, it doesn't I don't matter really have to like me. A vision, but like I like put it out for everyone just because, like, I always say what's preferred. But then there's right. always like someone maybe that like yeah. just is so much better, and I'm like I can just see them as this person. Yeah, so. yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> but sign of the times, I guess. Yeah, for sure. PC culture. Yeah, yeah, but that that's just the way things are going right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like. People deserve to see their cultures and stuff. Represented. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I just don't write specific roles for, spe- yeah. for specific like race or gender. It is a weird, yeah. a weird thing to us. So I was working on a film as a, a writer a while back, and um, it it was one of those where it was supposed to like be going up through a bunch of other people, and it started to get weirder and weirder, and it was mm-hmm. more like, oh, we've got these people of like Bollywood. And we want to incorporate that stuff, and it's like this, like we'd basically be whitewashing that culture, and it right. just kept yeah, getting exactly. weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. To where it's like, okay, so we're not. At, it's it's not even really the same movie. It doesn't like feel like a movie. It feels like a whole bunch of different things that right. don't really fit together, yeah. and then trying to shoehorn them in to make a bunch of people whose names I don't know happy. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's like. <laughs> so far removed it's like whatever it's, all right yeah it just gets weirder and weird it's just it's just it is weird and it's also mm-hmm. um it's also um like different for everyone like mm-hmm. i had a, a friend post the other day that he's looking for an la based dp that has to he had to be black mm-hmm. and i'm like well what if i posted that i need a dp that's only white like how how different is that? It's the same thing. Well, you're calling out a different race, but if a white person does it, it's racist. If a black person does it, it's okay. And I'm like, why does that happen? Well, you know what I mean, to I mean, I kind of want to defend that a little bit, and just that not knowing the story or whatever, but depending on the culture, I can see where sometimes that would be a benefit if you have a, a very black rich story mm-hmm. and to have someone that has that eye that's like that's walked that path understood and has the, the cinematic eye for it. Right. There's there's probably a lot of um shorthand mm-hmm. that would go between the director and the DP and telling that story. And right. that can that can help save a lot of time and that makes sense. Make the project more uh yeah, more authentic. I feel like I've shot two movies that were, I'd say, ninety percent black cast. Mm-hmm. Didn't have I mean, a problem. That's like not commenting on the race thing, but um, like I will say, like related to that, like I tell Zach all the time, like the whole like female like filmmakers got to stick together type sure. thing. Like, I'm just gonna say it, like while I'm here, like <laughs> um, it became like almost like a culty thing. Like it was yeah. like. There's a lot men of female directors around. And men oh. are rapists and don't work with them. And I had like these mentors, quote unquote, um, who were like telling me, like, you know, I know all female like film crews. And I'm mm. like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> you know, do you want me to join that or what? So it was almost like, and so like I started going to like these 
not to bash the women in film or whatever, but I started going to like some of these meetings and I just felt like I'm not getting any knowledge on how to make a movie. Like right. what the fuck? It was just all don't wear this or you can wear this because you're a bad bitch and you know fuck those men. And mm. it was like, okay, when are you gonna tell me how to use a camera? So right, right. Like, <laughs> um, that's like oh, we need to call Paul for that. Like, one thing I don't want to be represented as yeah. is a female filmmaker. That hates I just guys. want to be a filmmaker and just like collaborate with everybody. That's what I just know? am it's all about. Like, like I don't want to even like I don't want children to even get attention because right. I, I'm a female because then I just feel like then you're not even looking at my art. Yeah, so, exactly. like, I would love to, like, be successful one day and start a scholarship for someone, and I'm just going to say, just send me your portfolio. I don't want to know your name, who the fuck you are, your age, anything about you. a whole you. bunch of emails. And right. I just want to see, because I can't find, like, stuff, like, like scholarships or grants for, like, people like me who it's just want to make movies. they got to make movies about women's suffrage. Right. Or i got to write something about how I'm oppressed. I'm like, dude, I want to write shit about, like, edgy kids and, like, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, right, right. high school and... Fucking dragons, like whatever. Like, why does right. everything have to be <laughs> about? Everything's got to be compartment- I... compartmentalized, you know. Right. The it's women like... over here, the white people here, the black people here. It's and just it's just like feels... just, just collaborate with everybody, like, right? With everyone, and not even address it. Like, I even had like one of my actors is trans and triggered, and like he was so excited because I cast him as a boyfriend, and he was like, dude, this is, like, my first role, or, like, you know, we're not talking about how I'm trans, and I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck, like, you know, you're a dude, and, like, this is, you fit the role, and I like how you look, and that's cool, like, Mm -hmm. and it's like, we don't even have to, like, overdo it, you know, like, I just kind of just like to vibe with everyone, so, um, that's just my main thing, is, like, I don't want to be, like, the girl labeled like me i just yeah. want to be the you don't director. want to be a girl filmmaker you want to be a filmmaker i guess so and i don't yeah, i mean sure. maybe that sounds like feminist or something in a weird way but like i just feel like the way like like all these things that you know I'm, i've researched so much to find something for me to like pay off the post-production or mm-hmm. something that i could like submit to but like i mean it's like there's nothing for me or like i have to like be like gay or something or part of the community i'm not gonna lie about that saying i am like that's not fair because they do Mm -hmm. deserve representation and like they need that but also it's like dude we need to have stuff for just other people who are like just straight females you know or just just people like it's like there's not even anything for men on there i'm like there's no scholarships for men it's like uh or they have to like be part of a different community so i'm like okay this is just this is just kind of going downhill here right and like yeah. it's like i feel like it's less about the creatives and it's just more about we're focusing on the artist instead of the art itself and that's just why like the industry is coming down yeah. so it's just molding it to just separate entities that's basically what yeah. it's ultimately coming it's coming into like black cinema you know feminine feet film mm-hmm. like even on uh I, I think it's uh, Pluto TV. There's channels, black cinema, there's Asian, there's Indian. There's, like they're right. just isolating it more. It's yeah. like they well, get like their own, like, like I just, I, I don't know, like in my opinion, like, like yeah. I, as a, as a woman, that's the only thing I can comment on. I can't comment on race or anything because I'm not in that community. But as a woman, like, I don't want to be put in the female category if yeah. I got a Sundance. I just mm. want my movie up there. Like, that's right. it. And so it's like, I almost feel like, in a way, it's like when they have these all-female like festivals that I don't submit to is because it's like – it's almost like – to me, it's like saying I don't want to compete against men because I can't – because I don't think I can. Yeah. And it's like I just want to compete against other people. I don't care right. what yeah. the fuck you are. Like, 
So, I mean, that's just where I stand. Well, that's another reason why people use pen names. They use, you know, different pen names yeah. for as a director or even books. Like, they just use a pen name so they don't – they can't be, you know, uh, generalized by their name. They right. just use a, a pen name that – it could be male, female, could be – like, it just – just, I feel like Mace could swing both ways, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a male. Well, that was that's with an S, but you know, yeah. rapper. Yeah. You know, the other thing the on the other side, <laughs> once you have your movie made, there's really nowhere that you can make money. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh-huh. um, Amazon Prime's a standard. Like mm-hmm. you can get your movie on Amazon Prime, you will not make money. Right. Um, I have a movie on there and I get a check every three months for literally one dollar. I'm that's, not even kidding. That's insane. Uh, my friend Sean's got like three movies on there. Every three months, he gets like a four or five dollar check. So like sad. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, like I said before, when we first started rolling, um, I did have a movie on there a long time ago, 2012, and I was making money on. It. Like I was yeah. making 150, 200 bucks a week, a month, yeah. um, just having it there. And those days are over. Um, I want know, to fix that actually. I'm now go- <laughs> you can get uh, 2B TV. You can get your movie on there. Uh, they take a lot of low budget stuff, a lot of horror stuff on there. Um, I don't know what they pay out yet, um, but I mean it's it, it's yeah. impossible to get something on Netflix unless it's like super high end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Names on it. You know, Hulu, same thing. I mean, there's there's really nowhere to put your movie. Yeah. Um, so you literally need to build up a Kardashian type following and sell the movies yourself. Yep. Yeah. Self distribute it. Um, I would say just like and my my like goal, which I don't know if this is gonna work, but I would just use this as this is just my foot in the door and this Absolutely. is my style. And if anyone wants to roll with it, then you know, let's get something going and make some this is just too experimental and yeah. it obviously like it's 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 raunchy. Like you look at it, and it's it's. Sure. I feel like it's good for like what I had, and um, I'm proud of it. But it it also is scary. So it's like you know nobody's gonna buy this shit, and I don't right. even think anyone's gonna want to watch it. Either. And that's the thing. Me and Sean make know. exploitation movies, and there's no like nobody takes that. Well, I mean, like, we can't it even get our really movies. And it's very low rewatchability. <laughs> you know, it's like it doesn't roll off the tongue in a way where yeah. It's like, like, oh, let's go watch some exploitation. Right. Film. It's like it full feels... nudity, gore, like yeah. just crazy over the top gore. Um, but there is a market for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're still trying to figure out a way because we self distribute now. Is that um, like more the Korean market, isn't it? Um, I mean, there's a market here. Mm-hmm. And like people want to see this stuff. And we have a fan base. And, um, we're trying to figure out how to expand that fan base. Um, and, you know, we had, a, there was a, a company called the Sleaze Box, and they had a Vimeo channel. And Vimeo doesn't, they're not like YouTube. Like, right, they don't, right. uh, yeah. you know, if you got nudity, it's okay. Um, but they, uh, he had a, a channel, and he was making like $3,000 a month on this channel because he had all these exploitation movies on there. He made them, Sean's were on there. Um, I had a couple on there. And he, he, the reason we don't know the reason really, but Vimeo shut him down. They owe him money still. Didn't give him the money. They just shut his channel down. So he lost all his content that he's built over the years and just for no reason. So we think there was, he had put a movie on there called Amityville vibrator and there was actual penetration 
yeah. in the movie, and yeah. we think that's why. So but, like pornography but Vimeo didn't even say, hey, this is violating our standards. You have to remove it. Okay, cool. We'll remove it, yeah. you know. But they just shut them down forever. Like, you can't get it back. So we're trying to figure out how to have a platform with all these exploitation movies on it that people can rent from us or buy from us and make money doing it without having to comply with YouTube standards or Vimeo standards or somebody like that. And the only way we can think about it is to make a website ourselves and drive all our traffic to that website. But this is hard. It's a hard process. There are, there Give, are me there now. Give me two weeks. Give me two weeks. So I will have one. It's a, it's a catch 22 cause we're making movies that our fans like, yeah. but we're kind of capped. Like I know our Indiegogo, every time we put one up, we're going to make $5,000. Like we already know that yeah. we're not going to make more. We're not going to make less. It's going to be five grand. And, um, that's kind of our cap. So we're now we're, we're capping our budgets for the next one, you know, and, uh, it's kind of hamstringing us cause we want to make bigger stuff, but mm. we just don't have the budgets Yeah. because our Indiegogos are capped at five grand. <laughs> It sucks, yeah, it's, but yeah. we do it, and it's hard to make a two thousand dollar movie. Yeah. So how long um, are your films usually? Uh, they're, they're usually run about an hour, fifteen, hour twenty. We got a couple that are like an hour thirty. Um, but you know, like Naked Cannibal Campers, Sean called me one day. He's like, "Man, I got an idea for a movie." All right, let's hear it. So uh, it's these guys that go to this, they go to camp, they go camping at a campground, and they meet these girls, and they turn out to be cannibal witches, and they fucking eat them, and whatever cool. all right let's make it yeah so literally after that conversation 90 days later we had a blu-ray at our hand wow so that's how we work you know we're fast we don't screw around yeah. um you know we we shoot over five days it takes me about a month to edit mm -hmm. and then we get the blu-ray sent out we well we run to andy go go yeah. raise our five grand and then get the blu-rays made and then we start talking about the next one and um i like that because it i'm bored all day and that keeps me busy and i'm editing and i've kind of grown to like editing i know i told you i hated it before i loved it but i've so grown I to it like so it. much yeah. i hate it so much really? if i didn't have to edit i'll be filming every day if i didn't have to like literally i would film something every single day if i did not have to edit i just I, hate I editing so it. much it's like problem solving for me yeah. it's like a puzzle right you know? yeah it's a puzzle i think that's how we get along so well too <clears> because you do have you like a lot of directors they they don't know how to use a camera. They don't know how to edit no, yeah. or right. do this stuff. And but you do. Yeah, and so does she. And that's what's cool is, you know, like I said, me and Sean, mm -hmm. I know how to direct. I know how to edit. I know how to shoot. He knows how to do special effects. He knows how to direct and right. write. So we're just a good team. Where right. we don't need. I don't need anybody else. Right. I need me and him, and we can make a movie. Yeah. And we'll, we'll bring a PA in to do Slade or whatever. Yeah. Uh, someone to hold the boom mic. Yeah. Um, but. That's what you need to do is find someone, which you found, someone that knows how to run camera. You yeah. guys both probably know how to write. He knows the how to edit. The thing is like sound. Like we normally use this uh, one. Sound, sound is always the, yeah, the hurdle always that you need to figure yeah. out. I mean, it's. Yeah, she's booked like all the time. Right. Like, us three and then like Roberto, my DP, um, like he's amazing too, but he's got his own like wedding thing going mm -hmm. on and stuff. So that's like, the thing. You find a, yeah. uh, find a sound guy and yeah. all three of you produce movies and you can make 
those movies for under five thousand dollars and just I'd love pump to. them out. Like, just you do know? something just simple, like I mean, not nothing simple, but I mean, like a trigger that I just overcomplicated and right. too many characters, too much shit, and it's like you don't need that. Mace, it was because you were seventeen years old yeah. and didn't know what the hell you were doing. Yeah. Like that's what it's all about, you know. Mm-hmm. But most people quit. Yeah. Most people don't even like get on set. Most people quit in casting or quit in writing through. the script. <laughs> They'll write a script halfway and quit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you've shown me, you've shown him, you've shown Tony, you've shown everybody that you have the will to finish something. And if you make movies and finish them, yep. you get a lot of respect. You're going to get a lot of respect and you're going to have people want to be in your movies. And like work that, with you. And, wa- and want to work with you on yeah. your set. Um, and that's how it is. I mean, yeah. people want to people want to be involved in projects that they know are going to be finished. Right. And that's why I'm having a really hard time with this because I always finish my projects. And this one, I'm, I'm I've cast it already, and I can't find this damn location, and it's it's sucking my soul. And I'm like, I want to be able to f- to finish this movie, yeah. but I have this gigantic you. hurdle I can't seem to get over. It's crazy. And if any of you five thousand viewers or listeners, please yeah. let us know. High school locker room <laughs> setting. I don't care where it is. As long as it's private. Room, right? What about like a gym? I'm sure. But that's the thing is like I've gone to yeah. high schools yeah. and everybody wants permits and insurances and all this shit. And I'm like, look, I need this place for like four hours. Yeah. I can get in, shoot my three scenes and get out. I was and trying to think if I know somewhere. It's just so hard. I don't yeah, know where to go. It's a tough so, battle. Like I said, location yeah. scouting is one of the toughest jobs. You know, and then I got Sean in my ear. Well, just rewrite the script. And I'm like, dude, like <laughs> all the nudity, all the I like know, three man. kills are in the locker room. That's say, like a mean, and it's production you value, you know. You have like your idea. Yeah, your I got the vision, and I want to make the movie I want to make. Like, right. He's one yeah. of those. Uh, isn't there that studio in Tampa now that has the, the volume, like they use in the Mandalorian? The big, the big screen. Oh yeah, yeah. my son's actually gonna go work there. Oh what? Yeah, he's graduating UCF with an oh. animation degree, 3D. That's awesome. 3D experimental and three. Uh, is it experimental animation or some shit? I don't know. But he's, dope. I know yeah. the, uh, I know the CEO there and, um, I got him an internship. He's awesome. going to start actually in May. He's going to start over there. Yeah. That's pretty Very badass. Exciting. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you like, you don't know how big of an opportunity this is yeah, to work with real. new technology. Like, come on. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That technology is going to change. The oh, industry. oh yeah. It already has. Like it's, it's incredible. If you can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It. But I mean, look at, look at how the reds were or even before the reds, you had your Aries, your Panavision. Yeah. So, I mean, what was a roll of 50 millimeter film was like $500 for right. six minutes, uh-huh. something crazy. Um, yeah. And now you can fit a movie onto a micro SD card. Right. Dude, you can fit I a movie put on this. I want to something on the actual film at some point. Like, I want to, <laughs> yeah. like, cut, like, and, a, like I want to do that. Like so a 35 like, millimeter? Like, I, no. Oh, no. I, I have, like, an that. old camera. I have a yeah. few, and I have, like, I didn't realize that, like, they were passed down to me, but they have, like, the film, like, with them. Yeah. Like, the was, tape like, or actual film? Like, no, like, the actual film. Like, film like, strips. Cool. Yeah, like, like it's not... Ooh, like, a high-8 camera or something? Yeah, or... I don't know what it is. I have an old 8-millimeter like, projector. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to learn so bad, because it's such a lost art, Yeah, man. yeah it is but lost. You know how difficult it is to edit that? Do you know how... People actually cut them up and... Pasted them together. Well, you you encode it. I would. I would. No, that's not what they used to do. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about now. If you're going to show little reels and they 
Yeah. She likes it. Yep. That is a bucket list Crazy. thing for me to do a feature film on film yeah. that I want to cut and edit. So, like, I'm like all for that <laughs> shit. Like, I, I love that editing. Terrible. Like, That'll take forever. I know, but so did my film. You thought Trigger you got, wait, wait, wait till you're retired, <laughs> then do it because you'll have all the time in the world when Dude, you're retired. <laughs> I had to like manually sync like all the audio too, which sucked ass. And like, also, like, I lost like yeah. some of it, so I had to go back and like, I had to hack one of my old emails because like one of the guys like emailed it to me and like, I mean, this is the audio and everything. I hate audio like, so bad. I <laughs> me do too. too. Jason, Jason Henney is an audio person. Like, he yeah. makes a lot of money doing audio, but he wants to be a DP. And he's oh, kind of really? like getting yeah. away. He's got all the audio he's gear right now. that he brings with us and we use it, but he wants to be a DP. And so I cast him in movies now. He, he acts too. I want a time code slate. Um, I know those are really expensive. But yeah. 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 Like oh, 10, yeah. 10 grand. Like, Everything that was like is expensive. One I, yeah. I know. It's just it's not a, fair. It's not as expensive as it used to be, though. No, it's very true. It's very true. We were using like a chalkboard slate. Remember, like the chalk was. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, people still use that. Yes. People still use that. We, we used that on our first one. It was a chalkboard. Really? Yeah. We use an app one. Yeah, we have an app now. It's like app. on a tablet. Yeah, no, we use an app. Yeah, it's right on your hand too. Like if you don't have one. But actually, the the tablet app is. Pretty cool. It's really it's you gotta get used to it, but it's, it's all digital. Yeah, and you click the thing and it snaps the oh, yeah. slate, and, and then yeah. it moves it forward. It's actually yeah. pretty cool. No it's time cool. codes, but it just mm. has. It's a free track app. Yeah. So what about like your it's called music? Clapperboard. Like where do you get your like where do you get your scores? From? Uh, we have I, I have a couple people that score that'll do it for nothing. Really? Um, I find you know music on free download like sites, like royalty free, royalty free shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a, I got a guy that um, he scores and he likes doing it. And okay. So yeah, it's fun that's cool. That's for him, a, that is a tough thing to find too. Yeah. Some yeah, of the sound hard. scores. So often, I feel like one of the big things that does bring down indie productions is when you have some royalty-free. Oh yeah, and you hear the same stuff. music and yeah. everything. Yeah. We yeah. we try same. not to use that. We'll put it in like here and there. The same three final cuts. <laughs> like Zed's Dead, um, you know, it's Pulp Fiction-y. Mm -hmm. So we were going with like songs instead mm -hmm. of like score. Yeah. And uh, I got a guy that I had done music videos before, and he's an amazing guitarist. And he has his own studio, and he can record his own music. So I said, look, I'll do a free music video for you if you make me like eight songs. Good idea. And he did it. And wow. I just shot his video a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, they were like really cool songs and like that surfer vibe, you know, with yeah, the Pulp Fiction and surfer vibe. I want to get those like little like keyboards that you plug in. I want to learn how to play yeah. music too. Like, That's the thing. Is the more hats you can wear, yeah. the less crew you need. I love hats. The yep. more you can do, <laughs> the more you can do, the better. I don't want to uh, do, I don't want to do boom though. Just to keep those it's budgets not that bad. down. Like I got I that one right there sucks. and it's actually awesome because yeah. you plug it in and it's actually the wire goes through the boom pole. Oh, oh those really? are nice. Yeah, so it doesn't so get... So it's not like all like, you know, place and everything? No, no, not that one. Not and that now one. the Bluetooth stuff's getting so good, you can almost just boom yeah, it right, right into the camera. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's another thing I was going to recommend, the 6K, because it has a better um, uh, sound because it does have mm -hmm. that Fairlight program into it. Oh. So And yes, so that's... And it has the mini XLRs mm -hmm. on the side, so it actually has two. It has two mini XLRs. Yes. Okay. So that's why, uh, yeah, that's why they, they upgraded when they went to the 6K. They upgraded that whole sound quality, and I think that's a game changer in that because the 4K sound was terrible, but the 6K, I mean, it wasn't terrible. But people don't really use the audio from the yeah. scratch. They use it for scratch, but now you can actually use the audio from the 6K. 
So yeah, because that was the big that was the big thing why I bought the original Pocket was because I could plug microphones into it and then realize oh well it's not that great. But now with the 4K I can kind of do that sometimes yeah. depending on what I'm what I'm doing. Well, you could do the 3.5 and the two mini XLR. So mm-hmm. you could like I said use the 3.5 for the time code mm-hmm. and then you just put the uh, the mini XLR into your right. into your boom or your shotgun. So it's actually really good. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> But on that note, thank you for joining us today on Killer Collab Podcast. And once again, I'm joined with Mace and Zach. Hello. Hey, guys. How was your experience? This was awesome. Thanks so much for having us. You guys are so chill.